Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This just in, breathing oxygen is linked to staying alive. And today's top story, if you like drinks, you're going to love Drizzly. Drizzly is the number one app for alcohol delivery, where you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, and get them all delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. Sources say that it all can be done on the Drizzly app or on drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. Back to you, Tom. Ready for the interview, and if you get a cue, live on the laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto, doctor, DPHD, hit an intro. Hold up, wait, gotta be social, network, global, home for the locals. Gotta be social, network, global, home for the locals. You know, I see that DKNY shirt. It takes me back. It takes me back, Majun. You know that. Where, where, where does it take you back to? It just takes me back to a time when I had stuff like that. <laughs> and you're bringing what, it back. What are, what are you? What are you saying that now you don't have stuff like that? What? What are you? What are you saying? I'm saying that I've matured beyond that. That's what I'm. I'm just joking. <laughs> It's actually refreshing to see. I'm like, wow, that's cool. I used to, I, I love that. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. So uh, we're in the same business, essentially health and wellness. And uh, I believe you've been a trainer. You are a trainer. Yes. And you, get, you yes. got all your stuff back there. Look at all that personal trainer, the website, yeah. everything. Amazing. Yes. 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 Awesome. So tell me a little bit about uh, why'd you get in the industry? I'd love to know kind of the genesis of that. You know? Um. I love sports. So, you know, when you're doing sports, you're running, <laughs> you're lifting weights, you're, you know, doing all this cardio and all this stuff. Um, always been into that. So as I went to college, I would have friends that would come to me and say, hey, will you, you know, pretty much saying, will you train me yeah. um, as working out? And I ended up moving to the DMV area and I was working out and people would always ask if I was a trainer or if I was ex-military, things like that. And I'm like, I should get paid for this. <laughs> so I kind of got into it and in that aspect because, you know, fitness was very important. Being from the South, um, health obesity is very high um you know I wanted and especially in the DC area obesity is high because it's food deserts what's in those neighborhoods are um chicken place Chinese places chicken places pizza things like that the obesity rate is really really high when I was um working on my bachelor's and my master's I was writing papers and I was just so astonished at the numbers of how high it was black communities brown communities 
Um, so that was one of the reasons that got me interested in it. I started off working with individuals with intellectual, developmental, and physical disabilities. One thing that that community does to get those individuals to be quiet is they take them to McDonald's or some fast food restaurant or give them candy or give them cookies or give them juice as a reward to be quiet and their obesity rate is high as well. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. And especially, you know, you talked about being from down South and uh, I've lived uh, a lot all over the country and particularly I lived in Southern Georgia for a period mm. of time, uh, Savannah, Richmond Hill and the area. It's a different world. For sure, oh, yeah. down yeah. there. But obesity is a huge issue, especially in the South. And you look at kind of the map of America and, and research has looked at, you know, in terms of overweight obesity, how where it's very centrally located in the southern portion of the United States. And you mentioned that in the DMV area, which I'm familiar with too. What is it about the South beyond just, uh, you know, the food deserts or the, you know, fast food places? Is there something else that's also part of this? larger issue? When I moved to Dallas and I also moved to um, the DC area, the food is different. I'm from a small town in Louisiana. The food is different. I never saw a fresh cherry until I moved to the DMV. The cherries were in the jar, which they give you in your drinks and things like that. So it was like, wow, this is cherries. Um, We, you know, wasn't because it's not a huge thing, a market for people. Uh, The food is definitely different. Um, You got your pork, you got your beef, you got your chicken. You're not really exposed to lamb and all these other types of foods. Uh, Canned foods, that's one of the popular things. You know, either you're getting your fresh vegetables from the produce or you're getting it from a farmer's market. So the food was definitely, definitely different. Yeah. And what is it about, especially in, in our culture with obesity? Um, and especially I know through, through a lot of my education, you know, there's, there's a lot of discussions about um, obesity and black women. What have you noticed in this area that maybe that is, is a larger difference than other um, ethnicities and, and, and genders as well with this? I would say a large percent is trauma. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of women have experienced physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, some form of abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, We have parents or single parent homes where the kid is at home by themselves, the mom or the dad is working two or three jobs just to make ends meet. And they're stressed out, they're overwhelmed, and they're trying to find, you know, comfort and food to carry on to keep going and going and going. That's emotional eating, that's stress eating. Um, I would say those are one of the biggest things that I've seen personally from myself, uh, grief, trauma, uh, stress, frustration, those things are the major things. Yeah, most definitely. Now, as you got into the business, how long have you been in the business now, by the way? So I have been in the business for over 10 years. Okay. So what is, what surprised you when you started and what's different than now than it was then? 
What surprised me, because when I started, I wasn't aware of how trauma relates to fitness and health. Yeah. So, you know, you think that when it comes to fitness, you're just working out, you're working out. No, it's <laughs> mindset, it's nutrition. And then you get to the fitness aspect. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people get you know, confused because they're like, I'm working out, I'm working out, I'm not losing weight. But have you dealt with your past? Have you got your mindset to this is something I'm focused on doing? Have you stopped going to the drive through to your favorite restaurant and getting your fast food meal? Because people think I can eat whatever I want. And I'm working out. But you don't understand that if your Big Mac is 1400 1500 2000 calories you're working up working out from sun up to sundown so that is one of the things that i learned from starting on this is because i would get people in that they were experiencing grief they wouldn't eat they thought that that was the way to lose weight um you know giving them an understanding of you have to eat in order to have energy to work out. If not, you're going to feel depleted. Yeah, most, most definitely. So as you got into the business, what are some of the things that you learned and you were like kind of these epiphanies beyond what you just talked about? And, and now as you've been in about a decade here, how do you see yourself in the business versus how you used to see yourself? In the business so definitely you know i learned that every client is not your ideal client <laughs> <laughs> let's speak the truth you here. know that is that's the truth because yeah. I, when i started i was like oh i want to help everybody oh yeah um and <laughs> the reality is everybody's not your ideal client i used to train men and that became uncomfortable because that became a flirtation they're mm -hmm. calling me and they're not calling about health and fitness yeah. they're calling me on a personal level and i'm like okay this is i'm just not this is uncomfortable for me yeah um so and I, I can relate better to women and girls because I am a woman. So those are the things that I ended up learning. Um, the difference from when I started now is that, like I said earlier, is I had things that I need to deal with. Um, I went from when I first started, I was like 120 some pounds, had a knee injury gain weight the highest weight was 193 and the struggles of losing weight and understanding that as some of my clients come to me and their struggle of trying to lose weight where it's not always easy what is what are some of the issues that's going on that's not been addressed and it was things that i had to address like abandonment dealing with molestation um grief, things like that, financial. And I had to heal from those things in order for my health and my fitness and my emotional and spiritual health and lifestyle to be where I am now. Because if you don't come to terms with those things, you're not going to be successful. I love that. But I definitely love every client's not your ideal client. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I've been in the business 22 years almost. I don't think I've ever heard someone say that. 
be that honest about it. I that, love that. that. Yeah, that is the honest truth. Um, <laughs> when I was, like I said, I was taking on people and people didn't want to pay and yeah. I'm trying to negotiate and I'm like, I just want to help. I want to help you with your goal. And it was like, but you're depleting yourself. You're burning yes. yourself out and they're not putting in as much effort as you're putting in. And that's not fair to you. So I had to really come to terms with that um, and be okay with it because some people may not feel okay and they may feel like they failed themselves or whatever, but you got to be okay with it because everybody is not your ideal client. No, definitely not. What's your feelings about the state of the fitness and wellness business as it currently stands right now? Um, Uh-oh, here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> not to knock anybody because people do what people want to do but mm -hmm. that's not something I would personally do like I watch social media and I see workout videos and they're in bathing suits and little shorts and things like that um honestly I don't want to see that yeah <laughs> I, I want to see you being you because you're you're not walking outside with this realistic <laughs> no. and you know ideal people real people it it is kind of it kind of pushes them away because they're like well she's in a two-piece and i can't put a two-piece on right now so that's what it's it's <laughs> the, it's the term of sex sales yeah and it's kind of disappointing because there's people out here that really do want to become healthier and want to be you know have someone that they can look at and say okay you remind me of me or you could you know look like what I want to look like not that you're flaunting your body and you got little or nothing on like that's that's not something that I would personally do, but each his own. Um, I do think when it comes to some clients, they don't understand that, yeah, you do have to invest in your health and it's not going to be inexpensive. Right. Um, you, you have to put in the same thing way that you got the weight on and you spent money at whatever restaurants and you got to buy those larger clothes and you got to pay for your health and things like that, invest in your health, invest in becoming healthier because that long-term of taking medication and going to doctor's appointments after doctor's appointment, that's expensive. Why don't people see it that way in your mind that they see that the back end is going to be very expensive? Why not just put it in the front end of things and just invest in it? What's the, what's the disconnect? that people have with that? Unfortunately, the disconnect is generational because like I said, I'm from the South and people from the South are not trying to change their diets. Most of them are not. <laughs> oh, They're no. like, oh, well, you know, I'm gonna dive something anyway. Mm. Um, and they end up going to the doctor when you're at the last stretch, you're at stage four. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. You know, you've been having this cough or you've been having this pain for months, for years and things like that. Address it up front. Most people, they have health insurance that's coming out your check, every paycheck. But you don't want to pay that copay. 
but you giving them the money. <laughs> that makes know, absolutely strange. no sense. But if you look at it, when you get to that last stretch and you get really, really sick, you're paying hundreds and thousands of dollars. It doesn't make sense when you can go to the doctor, get your physical every year. If something's going on and it's persistent for three days or five days, go get it checked out. Stop ignoring it because you may not wake up the next day. That's the reality of it. Yeah. How do we, how do we change this? Especially as you mentioned in the South, what, what, what can be done to like start the actual change of this throughout the generations? I would say it definitely has to be a mindset change. It has to be, you know, the South, they do, most people do grow their own fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, most have their own livestock, but the thing of it is how you cook your food, being open to finding healthier ways to cook your food. Um, you don't have to put a bunch of salt. It doesn't have to be a large amount of meat. It doesn't have to be cooked down where you're taking the nutritional value out of it. Um, just being open to healthier options where you don't have to. And I think people get confused where they're, when they hear healthier, oh, well, I ain't never going to be able to eat this again. <laughs> That's not true. You can still eat it, but you don't have to eat it every day. You know, you can have it maybe once, twice or three times, you know, in a month, but it doesn't have to be an everyday thing. So I think also educating schools, um, having something in the community to help them to learn about eating healthier. So I think those are some options as well. Talk about the impact in relation to this, like diet culture and what we see, uh, this kind of insidious aspect of this worshiping of being thinner or a certain body type and how, what are your thoughts on it? And and how, how has that been destructive in our industry? So I can say personally for myself, when I was younger in my teenage years, I did experience um, anorexia. And again, growing up in the South, most of my family were heavyset people. And I didn't want that to be me. So when you look at the people around you, and sometimes you're like, I don't want that to be me. And you find ways to, and you're looking at TV and you see people that look totally different. They're skinny, they're mm -hmm. fit, they got flat stomachs, you know, and you're like, well, that's how I want to look. Um, I think that plays a big part too. Um, I think, you know, like now social media, it, you know, people are trying to be like the people on social media and yeah. which, you know, unfortunately they don't understand that. <laughs> Those, hey, those people get off and they may not be happy and they may not have that big house or all those cars or whatever. It's all show. So I think that those are the things that we have to get away from of trying to be like other people and loving ourselves and being true to ourselves and finding our own self-happiness. And that's something that we have a hard time doing because we're trying to emulate people that we see. Yeah, like you said, who often are just portraying what they perceive to be the best of themselves, which actually may not even be the best of themselves. I mean, exactly. I, mean I was just told like, in one of my podcasts, someone was telling me that they knew someone who had posted no it was a meeting I had the other day and they were like yeah a friend of mine was at a pool and there was like entrepreneur life 
that they put, you know, posted. And they were like, that person lives with their mom and they have no money. Like, why are they like, like, and it's like, people want you to believe that on the other side of this curtain, I've done this. Right. And I want you to see that this is me, even though it is not me. There's something right. sinister about that, I feel, in, in some yeah. ways, you know? Yeah, because they want you to think that they are millionaires, billionaires, yeah. and they are so far in debt. <laughs> but they don't want you to see that because yeah. they're trying to show you the glitz and glams. They're going, buying stuff, returning it the next day because yeah, they already yeah. snapped that picture for Instagram yeah. or whatever, TikTok or whatever. So it's it's unfortunate that we feel yeah. like we have to do that. What is it about weight loss? Uh, I feel like throughout the course of my 20 plus years, so many clients come and want to do they want weight loss. What is this, this pull towards weight loss all the time with people? Most of it is health reasons. Most of it is they don't like the way they look. Mm. Um, they don't like the way their clothes fit. Um, they don't, they, they're spending a large amount and it's crazy for women. Our clothes are more expensive than men's anyway. So right. imagine if you're a size 16, 18 plus, you're spending a good amount of money. Um, so, you know, they don't like the way they look. They, you know, or somebody said something because it's unfortunate. The big thing now is people harassing individuals who, are, who do suffer from obesity, yeah. saying negative things to them. So they're like, okay, I want to become healthier. Um, so I think those are one of the biggest things around weight loss, but what it should be around weight loss is great, but it should also be, I want to become healthier. Teach me how to become healthier mentally and nutritionally and emotionally, and then physically falls into place. Do you feel that we're moving more in that direction that we're not just focused on just the physical aspect of health or nutrition that we're starting to get into the weeds of what it really means to be healthy? I do think we are um, moving towards that. And I think that is great because when people contact me for consultation, they say they want to lose weight. My first question is, what have you done in the past and why hasn't it worked for you? Mm. Um, and then they may say, well, I, I just fell off the wagon. Why did you fall off the wagon? What was going on or what was unaddressed that you still haven't addressed? And they get, they get it. So when I work with clients in personal training, it's not just personal training. We have health coach sessions because while they're working out, we talk about what's going on with them. We talk about what they eat. Um, and I think more people are starting to incorporate that. Like some trainers do meal plans for clients or meal prep for clients. Um, I think it is starting to, people are starting to understand it's not just about personal training is other aspects to personal training before you get to that because personal training is only 20 percent exactly. if you haven't worked out <laughs> the mindset and the nutrition that it don't even matter have you talked about sleep with clients or other colleagues the importance of this it's becoming a huge thing 
I do. Um, I ask them how many hours that they sleep. Uh, one of my clients is a surgeon. So just imagine, and she has a husband, two small kids. Um, we talk about sleep. Um, with all my clients, we talk about sleep because when some of them started, they'll, they've said, oh, I only sleep four hours. Okay, <laughs> what's going on where you're only sleeping four hours? Because during that rest time, your body is breaking down everything. So definitely talk about sleep. Um, sleep is one of the main things. Yeah, I, I, I find myself spending a lot of time talking about sleep, especially as I think we've had this culture where we've, we've idolized people in the past who didn't sleep that much. And we say, oh, see, these very successful people barely sleep. And now we know the difference. It's horrible for you. <laughs> you know. And, and the thing of it is, they don't understand that these entertainers that don't sleep, they have people that gives, give them massages. They mm -hmm. have people that provide self-care for them. The average Joe, they don't have that option. Most yeah. of them can't afford, you know, self-care or self-wellness days or whatever. And some of them are getting to sleep. Um, and, you know, you hear the terms of, well, you, you don't get money if you're sleeping. Okay. Well, you're not going to lose weight and you wondering why you still got that stomach <laughs> because right. you're not sleeping. <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh man. It's yeah. It's, I feel like that's turning, which is great. You see, and kind of the emotional aspect, you mentioned a little bit about grief. I wanted to get back to that. So I think it's a powerful term. Talk about a little bit further about the grief aspect and how that plays a large role in a person's health? So grief is huge, um, especially in, you know, the black community. That's not something that we talk about. Mm. My dad died when I was six. So it wasn't a conversation of how are you feeling that your dad's not here anymore? And I was a daddy's girl. Mm. Um, you know, there was never a talk or conversation. It just was, okay, we go on with regular life. And I think that's hard. I had a friend who struggled with grief of losing his daughter. And I think she was like 10 or 11 from cancer. And he was trying to be strong and thinking that he could handle it. He couldn't handle it. It was his firstborn. He yeah. had other kids. He was depressed. He was drinking. He was overeating. And those are some of the things that some people do. And it's not always just the grief of someone dying. It could be a grief of a relationship, a grief of a job being laid off. You know, it's so many terms when it comes to grief of losing something or what that looks like for a person. Um, so I think it's big. If you're experiencing some type of grief, definitely get counseling talk to someone because, you know, you think you can handle it. You can't handle it. I had a client whose son died and that was her weight that she was holding because she felt that she should have died before him yeah. and it wasn't fair. <laughs> yeah. And what a, and the black community, there's been such a stigma about therapy for many years. And man, I, I've always, it's always been frustrated by that, but I'm so glad that I'm seeing that more and more, there's more of an acceptance because grief hits all humans. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's all oh, people. Yeah. And it's important to, you have to face what you're going through. 
You cannot allow it just to just, well, sweep it under the rug. That rug gets pretty big. <laughs> you don't, you don't deal with it, you know? And it, it hurts because, you know, birthdays come, yep. special occasions come and you start to miss them and you start to wish that they were there and, but you haven't dealt with it and you go into depression or however you find a way to cope. So I think it's definitely get therapy, um, a support group, something that can help from a trained, licensed individual. So what have you learned about yourself emotionally through the course of your training career so far? What have you, what kind of been the biggest takeaways? Emotionally, um, I had to learn because, you know, when you first start, you're like, well, I'm not going to open up. I'm not going to, you know, connect with people. It's just, I'm a training. And then you realize the reality of it is you're working with people three days a week. They want to know who you are. So it doesn't get really, really personal, but we'll talk about television. We'll talk mm -hmm. about family. We'll talk about, you know, what's going on with them and, you know, some things of what's going on with me where it feels like friendship. Um, it feels like family. Like I said, one of my clients, two kids, we do on screen now because of COVID. I used to go to her house yeah. and the kids would show me their toys or they'd be like, hi, Lejeune. Mm -hmm. So it, it feels like family. It feels like that connection. It feels like, you know, we, we talk about things that are from hormonal to, you know, sleeping to what they're eating. If they had a bad day and things like that, because it's showing them I'm a real person and I can connect with you. Um, from injuries, you know, clients, I've had a knee injury. So I work with clients on in, who's overcoming injury recovery, or if they have like a bomb shoulder or whatever, um, I can connect. I've been in three car accidents, Man. um, from 2019 to 2022, those three years I was in a car accident and I can connect because my shoulder, you know, when they say, oh, my shoulder's hurting. Okay, let's do an alternate exercise. Um, I pay attention. I think that's important because I've worked with trainers who I was recovering from pneumonia and <laughs> the guy was like, suck it up. Oh, <laughs> like, man. No. Okay, I'm over here about to die. He's <laughs> telling me to suck it up. You thinking I don't want to uh... do it. So I think it's important to, you know, be mindful, pay attention, hear what they are saying, look at their bodies, because I ask questions when it's certain movements and I'll say, are you OK? What's, it seems like something's going on with your arm or your knee. And they'll tell me, OK, well, let's find something else, because I know you have to go throughout the day. You got kids, you got work. So let's find something else, because I don't want to make it worse. Yeah, well, for sure. Now you mentioned, I was just thinking about stuff people say, you mentioned that in the beginning, you had, you had the thing that most, a lot of trainers have. I want to help everyone. I want to, you know, it's just very like idealistic. This is big idealism about being a trainer in the beginning. How has that shifted in how you decide who you want to work with? Because uh, everyone's not ideal, as you mentioned throughout the years. How's that philosophy changed? So... 
Um, I, I, I did last year. Actually, I had to fire some clients. It happens. It totally happens. It is, it is, it's nothing personal, but the thing of it is, I think about my energy. I think about my mood because if you're bringing negative energy to me and you're getting an attitude with me and you're talking negative about something that has nothing to do with you. And are you always got an excuse and I'm taking this more serious than you. So those are the things that I ask questions. Um, You know, I'll let you come in and I'll let you try it out. But if I start noticing that, you know, it's not a good connection, I will refund you your money. And I've done that to clients because I'm like, this is not a good match for me. Yeah, I, I think not enough trainers do this. They think that you have to take all the business that comes your way, but you're actually doing yourself a disservice when you're just allowing all this negative energy. I mean, you know, work with clients, it's a wonderful thing, but there's also just some folks who just, they resist the entire mm-hmm. whole aspect of what you're doing. Even though they say they want it, they resist it. And it becomes a toxic situation. So it's trainers, it's okay to fire clients. It really is. Yeah, it, it. it is. <laughs> so. it, it, it is because I think most trainers look at the money. And yeah. I I had to explain. So one client, um, it was her first day of starting. We did a consultation yeah. and it was like six something in the morning. And she was like, oh, I almost canceled. Okay. I said, well, let me explain something to you. <laughs> if you want to cancel, I want to charge you a cancellation fee. And two, this is not about me. It's about you. You think because you paid me that, oh, well, I gave her money. It doesn't matter. It does matter because I'm investing as much as you're investing. I have to get up. I have to get ready. I have to get my mind right to be able to give to you. So that takes a lot, especially I'm waking up at five o'clock on a Saturday. (laughs) What? So those are things that, you know, I had to explain to her. I was like, this is not, it's not about money for me. It's about helping you get to that next level because I care. If I didn't care, I would have been like, okay, well just run me the money. No, I do care because I want to see you succeed. So she got it and she was like, you're right. Yeah. They think it's a, sometimes people think it's a one way situation you know, that you've been paid. So your job is to take all of this energy that I'm giving. You're my sounding board now and I'm right. having a bad time. So you're going to hear about it type of thing. Right. Like, Wait a minute, right. this doesn't work like this. Like, like, if I went to your job and just started spewing all of the stuff that you, I don't like, you'd be like, get away from me. Like, right. Know? Right. Or either you showing up late every yeah. session, um, <laughs> that would be an issue because, you know, I had one that was supposed to come. I got up. And it was in the morning on a weekday. Um, she didn't show up. So I was like, okay. So I sent her a mm-hmm. request to pay me for the miss fee. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. Well, I don't care about your sorry because yeah. you inconvenienced me at this point. So I think yeah. those are things that people have to be mindful of. You gotta, you want somebody to be mindful of your time, be mindful of other people's time. How are your, how has your thought process about the business of training changed over time? Sometimes people get in the tr- business of training and they're not great at business, actually. 
they don't understand the business and they're actually afraid to ask for money and different things. How has your thought process changed over the years about the business of training? So my thought process has changed a lot because I was that person in the beginning because, you know, the business of training has changed. When mm -hmm. I started, it was word of mouth. Um, when I really got back into it, 2020, there was no word of mouth because we're in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn how to connect to people, social media, um, online, things like that. Um, and it's still a learning process of doing online process of, you know, marketing and PR and things like that, because technology is always changing. Um, I think it's important to ask because in the beginning, I was scared to ask for money. In the beginning, I was lowballing myself where I was like, oh, well, what can you afford? Um, right. <laughs> and yeah. I had to I had to realize, you know, last year I was burning gas. I'm going from one end of Maryland to the other end of Maryland, which was an hour away. Um, and I was like, I can't keep doing this. So if you say, oh, that's too expensive, I'm you're not really ready to invest in your health yeah, and your exactly. wellness. So I think that you, if you've been doing it for a long time, if you believe in yourself and you know you're a good trainer, throw the amount out there. If they say no, you should probably be thankful because that's probably not your <laughs> ideal client. Oh, I love not, it. Say not no, to be you, mean. you dodged a bullet yes, when you said you no. You dodge a bullet because the oh. thing of it is, you know, you it's like you're begging them. Yeah. Why are you begging somebody that contacted you about their health? <laughs> <laughs> so that's something I that I personally had to learn was stop begging them. This yeah. is their health. This is their life. If they want to pay it, they'll pay it. If not, oh, well. Yep. Keep it moving. I have the same philosophy. I'm like, oh, yes. is, no, probably good. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing of it is, I think people are so going back to early 2000s where it used to be $20 an hour for a trainer. <laughs> no. It, no. <laughs> no. No. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, those, those days are over. Gas prices are going up. Like People, no. there's lots of inflation happening. It, it, it is a lot. <laughs> a lot we got bills to pay everybody has things they got to take care of in yes their life. yes on on a last note here i, I thought it'd be interesting as i think about it uh, i don't often get a chance to speak with a lot of uh fellow black trainers or health and wellness professionals i've been in the business a long time and it feels like we're very underrepresented in our business it may be different in the DMV area. My parents live there and you know it's there's different population stuff but how can we have better representation of black and brown people in our business. It seems like it's just not in marketing and everything, you know? That, that is a good question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. Okay. But <laughs> um, I, I, I think it should be where I live, which is Prince George's County, mm -hmm. um, which is a predominantly black, which is one of the richest black counties in Maryland. Um, I believe it should be more events, health and wellness events, getting people from the community to come um, free. Um, 
I think that would be big. Also in Baltimore, Baltimore is predominantly black. Yeah. You know, it should be something where they're having health and wellness events for those individuals there and just all around DC, Maryland and Virginia. Um, I think that would be important because you always hear of health and wellness events in this area is for corporate people, it's mm. for business people. It should be for anyone in the community, anyone that lives in the area, because basically you're saying you're not as important as government employees. Right. Yeah, it's a, I have a big series that I'm doing and it's based off some of this, especially like in those type of events, but also in like the marketing and the messaging, who are the messengers, uh, who's representing different ethnicities and say, hey, you know, we need more people like us. And that right. you, you go in a gym or a health club, and if you don't see a lot of people that look like you, sometimes it's discouraging. You're, you're kind of, and you want to see different types of bodies, different ethnicities there. So I actually put it on a lot of the operators of clubs and stuff, you know, and say, hey, you need to have, you need to understand where you're at, that you want to have actually a bigger piece of the pie. You want to talk about money. There's a huge amount of money you're losing out on by not mm -hmm. actually representing a, a gigantic portion of the population because you're doing what somebody looks like on Instagram. Everybody comes in different forms. Right. And it's we're also, keeping one thing. We're keeping it very narrow in our yeah. business. And it's also some gyms and some community centers they don't have people to help these individuals. Yes. Because I've gone into community centers. It's nobody in there to show them how to use the machine properly. Right. I've seen people on treadmills send somebody next to them and they got the incline all the way yeah. up. And, you know, they're holding on for their <laughs> yeah, life. And it's that. like... <laughs> No, you don't have to do that. You no. go at your own pace because you can fly off. You mm -hmm. let go or you get yeah. too tired, you can fly off. So I think that would help definitely to have someone in there to show individuals how to use machines correctly so no one hurts themselves because we all know they have that disclaimer. If you come in, you hurt yourself, we're not liable. Yeah, That's not fair because they're paying a membership and one thing you could offer is having someone show them how to use the machine properly. That's also trained on yep. knowing how to use the machine. Most definitely. So June, thank you so much for the conversation. I love, I love chatting with my colleagues and just people from all over the country. We are, we're probably as far away as we can possibly be. I'm in Washington state on the other side of the country. I mean, but it feels like we're right near each other, kind of. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yes. I really appreciate your time. Tell everybody how they can connect with you, contact you, the whole spiel. You know? So LejuneSingleton.com um, on Facebook, Instagram. Well, Instagram, I am Lejune Singleton on LinkedIn and Facebook is Lejune Singleton. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Lejune. And All have right. an awesome day. Thank you. All right. Bye. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower Every note. or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, Cruising. you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at AmFam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly.
Visit mfm.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6,000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends. You can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's how healthier happens together. Services vary by location. Prescriptions can be obtained at pharmacy of choice. Visit minuteclinic.com for details.